Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Motivation Mindset. This is a podcast about getting stuff done without all the stress. I'm Risa Williams. I'm the book author of The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit and The Ultimate Toolkit Books, and I'm a time management consultant and a therapist here in Los Angeles. And today, I'm happy to announce the winner of our Mindful Photo Challenge. Erica and I discussed mindful photography on our last episode, which was a really fun conversation. And I'd like to congratulate Rina Santos of New York City. Thank you for the seven beautiful photographs you sent us using intention to photograph places that made you feel calm and relaxed. And you'll be attending my Get Stuff Done group on this Friday, October 20th for free. If anyone else out there would like to work on goals, please go to risawilliams.com and sign up today. There's a few spots left. And now for another episode on getting things done without all the stress. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. On this episode of The Motivation Mindset, I'm speaking to a special guest, Molly Valinsky. She is a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of Juniper Therapeutic Service in Maine. So welcome, Molly, to the show. Hi, Risa. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be talking about the idea of containing things. When I talk about containment, usually I'm talking about my tool called the time containers, which you can find in the ultimate time management toolkit, which is the idea that I want people to visualize different Tupperware containers to start with. And then we group tasks together and put them into different containers because this gives us a way to compartmentalize our time. So for example, one container I might have might be working with clients. So it'd be like the client Tupperware. And then writing books would be a different container of time. And then self-care. I always encourage people to have like a self-care container so that when I'm thinking about my week ahead, I'm thinking about these containers that I want to focus on and I'm chunking out my time in that way. I'm thinking, okay, this is the day I see clients. This is my client container of time. And it helps me mentally switch gears because often the things I'm doing, like teaching, writing, seeing clients, all require a different mind mode or mental gear. It's like a different part of my brain that I'm using for each. And in this way, when I compartmentalize my time, I am taking something kind of abstract and making it clear to myself when I need to transition in and out of different modes. So Molly, we have some overlap there. How Mm -hmm. does that sound to you? How do you use the idea of compartmentalizing things? Yeah, I love compartmentalization. I think it gets often confused with avoidance, which is something completely different. Yeah. Um, And compartmentalization is so helpful in my practice. I use a similar exercise with containment and visualizing actual containers. Um, Mm -hmm. I specialize in EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Uh And so that's very intensive treatment of trauma. So in typical therapy sessions, a lot of heavy stuff comes up and we need to find a way for the client to transition back into regular life. We have hour together. They need to go back to work. They need to go back home, whatever it may be. Well, and that's the hard part of therapy sometimes is you meet with someone, you talk about all this deep, heavy stuff, 
and you're left with all these emotions and you're like, okay, I'm driving to my job now, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> exactly. And it's incredibly difficult to switch gears to your point. So yeah. Them create uh, an emotional container. So nice. I have them visualize similar to what you were talking about. Uh, sometimes it's a Tupperware. I've had clients visualize a garbage can or a ice bucket. They take all of the content that we had been working on in that section, putting it away in the container. They watch all of that go into the container. We close it up and then I keep it with me in my office and I hold on to it nice. until we again the following week where we open it back up and we continue working on what we had been working on before. Right. I love that. So it's an emotional container. You're also signaling to the client, like this is a safe space where we can leave these things. And you're saying in a subtle way, like now you can transition back to your everyday mode where you go about things, you know, and we'll revisit these deep, heavy emotions later. So it's, it's creating both a time container and an emotional container, if you think about it. So for those of you who don't know what EMDR therapy is, when I've done it before, it involved, you know, sitting with the therapist and they're kind of waving their fingers around in front of your face. That's one method they use. And the mm -hmm. idea is that it kind of relaxes your brain into an almost hypnotic state where you can access feelings that might be buried beneath the surface that are hard to just sit there and talk about because we get anxiety as we're hearing ourselves do it. But something about watching someone wave their fingers back and forth brings us to the state where we might be able to go there. Yes, that's that's a big part of it. Another piece of the eye movements back and forth is it's akin to REM sleep, right? That's how we process the day's activities. It's the most important kind of sleep. Without it, we're zombies. So yeah. use that function of our eyes moving back and forth to help process stuck trauma points yeah. or stuck memories. Um, and it's kind of like a way to digest these memories more efficiently so that we can uh, reduce those symptoms of depression, anxiety, PTSD, whatever it may be. So we're helping our brain digest information and memories and kick in the processing system that we can't access in our brain, where we can solve problems and look at things from a more logical perspective sometimes. Exactly. It's incredibly helpful in shifting perspective and gaining insight in a way that talk therapy is incredibly helpful, but has its limitations. Right. And so EMDR can really be helpful with that. So I was so excited when you reached out to me because I don't typically hear EMDR therapists talking about productivity at all. Usually the things they're talking about are related to trauma, like you said, or processing heavy emotions. So that made me perk up like, ooh, that's exciting. So talk to me a little bit about the visualization tools that you use when you're trying to help people tap into their attention and their focus in a more effective way. Absolutely. So I found, especially in the last several years, a lot of my client base has shifted to what you would think of as capital T trauma, stereotypical trauma of uh, violence or right. bullying, sexual assault, that kind of thing. 
Two, the trauma of COVID and what has been going yeah. on in the world the past few years. So kind of more have- like a chronic trauma, right? Because it's something that didn't really lift for a lot of people, that feeling of being shut down and like, what's going on with my job, what's going on in the world or with my health or all this stuff. It's kind of ongoing. Absolutely. And, you know, we've heard a lot about in the media, many people in high stress jobs, uh, quiet quitting, um, feeling that out that they hadn't really felt before. So I found that my practice has incorporated a lot of those clients who experience long-term trauma in different ways and need help not only processing that trauma, but how do I function at my high stress job at this law firm or at this hospital in a different way? And so that's where EMDR is helpful. And we use a lot of visualization in EMDR. One of my favorite ways to help clients is we often have those Sunday scaries, right? Or the feeling of overwhelm and anxiety and stress about the week to come. And that's so, where you're like lying in bed on Sunday night and you can't rest and you're just picturing one disaster after another or all those emails you're going to have to answer the next day on Monday. And it's that feeling of doom, like impending doom, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And it can be paralyzing for many yeah. of us. What I encourage clients to do is this visualization exercise called future movie planning. So I instruct a client to visualize themselves going through their workday, yeah. you know, waking up, getting ready, driving to the office, every little step, visualize it like they're watching a movie. And while they're doing that, having them incorporate that eye movement, that left to right, right to left eye movement, because that helps process additional anxiety and stress along with the helpful tool of visualization on its own. It's an so added are benefit. are they moving their own hand in front of their face? So great question. What they do is they tap, you can tap on the tops of your legs, right, left, right, left. And that evokes the same response in your eyes. Your eyes are moving right to left. I encourage them to close their eyes and engage in this tapping while visualizing mm-hmm. the future day. And that inc- that helps reduce the stress, reduce the anxiety, so much so. And they can do it as often as they want. And the more you do it, the stronger that neural connection becomes nice. and the more anxiety is reduced. I love that. I use a lot of like future visualizations as well, because I feel like it's mental rehearsal. And when we mentally rehearse things, we're stimulating the motor cortex areas of our brain and our brain thinks we're actually doing it. So an example I've given before on the show is you want to psych yourself up to go hiking Picture yourself putting the shoes on, getting in your car, going, driving, getting out of your car, walking. Your brain is mentally rehearsing that as you go. I think the element I like that you're adding to this is the tapping, the distracting your brain with like a rhythmic calming tapping on each leg or on your shoes as well. That kind of relaxes us. It reduces the anxiety that's going to start spiking when we start thinking like, oh, I'm going to sit down on my computer and there's a hundred work emails, right? So now I'm looking at the work emails. What can I do? You know, what am I going to do next? And then it's sort of like the next thing, the next five minutes, it keeps going the timeline. You don't just get stuck where we want to get stuck on Sunday night, which is like, I open up my computer, I see 200 emails. That's the end of the movie. 
we want to walk the movie forward. You're fine after that. You're going to be okay. Then you get a cup of coffee. Then you go answer an email. Then you go about your day. And I find that the tapping adds this tangible element for people to engage more in the visualization. So how do you manage your stress on a daily level? And do you have some you know, easy tools that people can do when they start feeling stressed out? Tend to, I have a toolbox full of self-care techniques that work for me, which I'm sure many of your listeners know of, such as meditation, walks, those types of things are really helpful. Uh, But what I find to be incredibly helpful is checking in with my body. Yeah, that's the number one tip for me. I find that my body sends signals that I need rest or I need to take a break far before my mind does. So I'll do periodic body scans throughout the day, you know, just scanning my body from my head to my toes and noticing any places of tension or tightness or any crunchy spots. If I notice something's up, I will take a break, I will stretch, and then I will come back to work. That's what I found to be the most helpful. Experiencing our bodies and checking in and not becoming so separated, like your brain is floating off in the distance and your body's just suffering and we're not like aligning them together. Exactly. And I think it's important for people to take stock in where in my body do I hold my stress and my tension? So for me, I hold it in my jaw. I find I'm clenching my teeth a lot or my shoulders are up by my ears. And if I recognize that, I know, okay, time to take a break. This is my tension spot. And that's really helpful for me. Yeah. I like giving it a name too, because when Mm -hmm. we can label it, it's more like, okay, that's my thing. When I'm sitting at my computer for too long, my shoulders tense up or my jaw tenses up, or I start noticing my back is really hurting. If we can label it like tension spots or stress points or something like that, we can start to observe them more mindfully as we're doing it. Yeah. You notice your jaw is tight. Check in with the rest of your body as well. But if you relax your jaw, if you focus on the physical part, if you move your mouth around, give your jaw a little massage, your mind will follow. Your mind will relax after you relax your body. So that's a cool little sneaky way to get your mind to de-stress is focusing on the body first, focusing on the somatic element first. Yeah. Your mind will follow. Right. So go into the body, do what your body is telling you to do. And then your mind slowly unwinds and slows down. I like that. Thank you so much for all your insight today. I think we've given the listeners some real practical things they can think about. Do you have anything you'd like to leave them with? What else is really helpful is to remember For me, I tell myself this, I tell my clients that as far as productivity goes, you're never going to finish it all. There's always going to be something left that you have to do. And finding ways to gain some acceptance around this and finding ways to tolerate that discomfort that we feel of this nagging feeling, oh, I got to do the laundry. Oh, I got to go send this email. Yeah. Finding acceptance that there's always going to be something and that can't be the driving force is something that continuously work on and continuously work with my clients on. That's so important. And maybe just to end this, we can think about creating a container for that. Like at the end of the day, when you're lying in bed, can you create an emotional container and say, that's it for the day. I'm done for the day and it's time for me to rest and give yourself permission 
to acknowledge that that's enough for one day and that it's resting mode time. Thanks so much, Molly, for joining me today. Where can people find you online? Thanks, Risa. They can find me at junipertherapeuticservices.com. They can find me on Instagram and Facebook, again, under Juniper Therapeutic Services. I've had so much fun talking to you today. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Me too. Thanks, Risa. If you're enjoying tools discussed on the show, please visit risawilliams.com. There you can learn about upcoming episodes, you can check out my books, and you can sign up for my Get Stuff Done Goals group. I'm Risa Williams, and we're out of time for today. Thanks for listening.